Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you today? I am so happy that you guys have tuned in because I am here with my friend, Laura Cheadle. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Wendy? I am fantastic, and I am so looking forward to chatting with you today. You guys, Laura and I had a conversation not too long ago, and I learned so much about her story. Ours have some similarities and some differences as well, Uh, but nonetheless, we are both survivors, I should say, about uh, betrayal. And what Laura is here to talk to you guys about today is betrayal and how it is that She's used burlesque to strip down out of the pain and devastation to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. And she does so with confidence and joy, which I appreciate and absolutely love. So before we dive into this conversation, Laura, I want to share a little bit more with our audience about you. So Laura helps women overcome the devastation of betrayal and confidently engage in life again. She's a former attorney. She's a podcast host and best-selling author of Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy, and Spiritual Self. After being shattered by her husband's 15 years of infidelity, she uses her experience to help others reclaim their identity, self-worth, and enthusiasm for life after betrayal. Laura is named as a top influencer by Success Women's Conference. She has spoken on numerous stages, including the Women Economic Forum in New Delhi, India. Her work has been published in Thrive Global, Yoga Magazine, and among others. So Laura, welcome. I cannot wait to dive into this conversation with you. I actually did a two-part series of my podcast around what I learned from betrayal. And I love how you've created an entire uh, you know, movement, let's call it, around this, this burlesque effort that you've created. So I would really love for you to share more about your story, which I think our listeners would really benefit from hearing You know, our stories being similar, but yet have... Um, some different outcomes and what and how that inspired you to really move through and do the work that you're doing today. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's been quite the journey, as you know. I spent 10 years as a corporate attorney. And when I had my second child, I made the decision with my husband and partner at the time that, you know what, maybe I should step back a little bit, really support him, raise the kids, do my own thing part-time, and just, you know, make a little transition. And I thought, you know what, this feels really good. This this feels like a great decision. I'm going to start my own company. This is going to be perfect. Long story short, I spent a lot of years sacrificing, though. He traveled for work. I was always the one taking care of everything, doing 
everything for everyone, you know, sacrificing myself, saying yes when I really meant no. But I, at the same time, I was really looking forward to when the kids left, because one day the kids would leave and then I could go back to being Laura. I could go back to having my own identity instead of just being, you know, their mom or his wife or just a supporting feature in everybody else's story. So right before my youngest was about to graduate from high school, that's when I found out that my husband had been cheating the entire time for 15 years with multiple women. And it broke me because I had given up so much of who I was on what I thought was this shared dream of what I thought was this shared path. And to make matters worse, a few years before, I had gone back to dance, which was the thing that I loved doing when I was a kid. And I, not only had I gone back to dance, but I had taken up pole dancing. I had started doing burlesque dancing because it was fun, because it fulfilled me. But then all of a sudden, I have this realization, oh my gosh, people are going to judge you, Laura. They're going to be like, you did this really weird thing. You're doing burlesque. And that's why he cheated on you. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, not only am I shattered, personally. Not only have I given up my life professionally, but now I don't even feel comfortable saying anything because of the way people are going to start judging me. And this is not my fault. And it took a while. <laughs> it definitely took a while to untangle myself from that perceived judgment and to really get strong in myself that his infidelity had nothing to do with me or my choices. And if somebody else judged me, that was absolutely their prerogative. And it said a whole lot about them and nothing about me. And that was really the catalyst for a lot of my work. I had been coaching women before just around empowerment. And that this was really the catalyst that made me realize how many other ways have I betrayed myself by putting up and shutting up and not rocking the boat and all of a sudden, I saw my entire life like in a different light, in the light of betrayal. And I saw my friends' lives and my mother's life and everybody's life with this betrayal frame. And I realized we are betraying ourselves all the time. And I am not going to do that anymore. And that's when I actually started using burlesque, using it as a way to empower myself and others to strip out of those judgments, to strip out of those beliefs and to bravely, bravely reveal myself exactly as I was, not as I thought I was supposed to be. And the shift was incredible. <laughs> and surprisingly, it was easier than I thought too, because most of the women that I started revealing myself to and working with were like, rock on. I've wanted to do that too, but I've been too afraid. And now that I'm seeing you do it, now I know how to do it. And you have given me permission. And what's really crazy about all of it is through my whole self-discovery, growth, empowerment, my husband actually started ending up going through his own self-discovery 
connecting with his identity, moving through trauma. And we ended up getting back together. And we're actually right now both more happily married than we ever were before because we're connected on that real authentic level. And neither of us are wearing those masks, you know, his of trauma and mine of perfection and avoiding judgment. Wow. <laughs> There's so much in there. Um, you know, and and the one thing that I just want to highlight for everybody listening and what I love about your story is that you both committed to do the work. You both, it takes two people to do the work for that to happen. And I'm getting goosebumps. Just, I feel goosebumps, you know, just even saying that back to you, because I think that you are such a model for what is not the common story, but absolutely is a possibility. And so we get to talk about your journey. We get to talk about what it was that you did, because I know that, as you know, so many women struggle with, you know, we all wear masks, right? I, you know, my story, I wore the mask of what I was supposed to be, of what everybody saw me to be as the role in my marriage, the role as daughter, the role as sister, the role as, you know, corporate executive. And it really wasn't until I, you know, took that mask off and really started embracing and being vulnerable and being who I knew I always was, was really the start of stepping into not only confidence, but really what I like to call like experiencing life for the first time, right? Versus feeling like you're going through it. I, I felt numb for quite some time. So, you know, I love the word burlesque because I feel like it's it it just it screams um, so many different meanings. But I would love for you to break down how it is that you incorporate that word, right, and what it means into how. It is that people can start to sort of unravel, disrobe from the pain and the devastation that they're going through. Oh, absolutely. Um, Burlesque, we'll start with the definition of burlesque because it comes from the root word burla, which means mockery or parody. And traditionally speaking, a burlesque pokes fun at the status quo and it points out where we're hypocritical. And instead of moving into the judgment, it moves into the humor around it. If you look at how women are supposed to look, we're supposed to be like, you know, age 25, we're supposed to be size two, we're supposed to do all of these different things, and we're not. And there's, you know, the the Photoshop and, you know, the whole Hollywood culture, women are always, we're altered. So then we get this perception that we're all supposed to look a certain way. And burlesque uses partial nudity, never full nudity, but it uses partial nudity in this extravagant, humorous, over-the-top way to be like, yes, look at me. This is how a real woman looks. I'm 44. I have stretch marks. I have fat. I'm you know, not the quote-unquote right size or right shape. I'm me. And I can revel in that. And I can take pleasure and joy in that. And that's what's so much fun about burlesque is it just breaks down all of those barriers and all of those stereotypes, not in a shame-filled way, but in a fun way. And that's why I like the word flaunt too. Burlesque is about flaunting who you are. It's not about, you know, pretending or being like not who you are. It's just like, hey, this is me. 
you know, love me or leave me and that's all okay. And we can all be who we are and we can all be beautiful or sexy or smart or motherly or caring. We can all be all of that all at the same time in however we want to be. And women, most women played dress up when they were little girls. And we know the power of putting on a costume. And we know the power of the power suit and the power pumps. And we put on jewelry and we put, we do things with our body to make us feel a certain way and to make us be perceived a certain way. And that's how I use burlesque in my work. I make it a game and I use something that women are already familiar with, which is putting on different clothing. So we can say, what are the labels? What are the rules? What are the scripts that are running around in your head? What are the costumes that match that? You know, as a good daughter, you have to wear this outfit. Okay, let's move into that. Who, who told you what it means to be good, a good daughter? What does society say about being a good daughter? What does a good daughter wear? Let's do that with being a mom. How did you learn how to be a mom? What is a good mom anyway? Do you wear mom jeans? What do you wear as a mom? <laughs> you know, breaking all that down and then playing with it. What do you choose to wear? And what do you choose to get rid of? And what happens if you create your own definition of what it means to be a good mom? What would you wear if you didn't know what to wear? How would you be if you didn't know how you were supposed to be? And what's fun about using burlesque around that is it does allow us to play with it. It's not like a test question. You tell me, Wendy, what would you be as a corporate executive? You get to play with it. You get to laugh with it. Oh, I would be this way. And then I would be overly aggressive here. And I would be, and then you play with it and you lean into the stereotypes and you can strip that off and get a little curious about what is underneath. If my vision of corporate executive is this, this, and this, and I strip out of those, who am I as a corporate executive? Now, wow, that's a pretty deep question. And then you get to play with it again, because it's burlesque. It's not meant to be serious. It's all meant to be an experiment and it's fun. You know, I, I love this. I absolutely love this whole idea. And I'm all about, you know, for those of you who know me, I come from the fashion world. So this whole idea of, you know, dressing for these different roles is, is so fun for me, but I know that a lot of people feel probably, you know, somewhat embarrassed or scared and nervous to, to take that first step forward. How can they get their head out of the way to really embrace and, and step into the fun that this is meant to create for them? Oh, that is such a good question <laughs> because it is fun. I think one of the first things to think about is just play with something, you know, play with the concept of what is my perception of what a divorced woman looks like and write about it and talk about it and see how ridiculous it is. And don't be afraid to laugh about it. And the more ridiculous it seems, move into it more. We get so so serious, so locked up in our heads. And FLAUNT is an acronym. And the first F stands for find your fetish, which is about finding what's fun. And the L is about laughing out loud, which is laughing. So laugh about it. Create the most wildly stereotypical version of divorced woman in your head. And 
just have some fun with it. And if you're having a hard time, you've got friends. You've got friends. Call, pose this question to them, laugh about it, research it, do an internet search for stereotypical divorced woman and start laughing at what you see because the results will astound you. And then you'll all of a sudden start seeing these beliefs like a house of cards that come falling down (laughs) in your own mind that you didn't even realize that you had. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine have been blocking you. Yes, totally. Totally. Because when we don't admit it and when we don't research it and figure it out, it just sits there and it's a block. And then we say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of divorce. I'm afraid of divorce, but we don't really know why. Oh, I think it might be this. I think it might be the other thing. Okay. We'll move into the stereotypical reasons. You know, do you have somebody in your family who judged divorced women? Do you have a story that you read when you were a child? Is there a movie or a TV sitcom where there was a divorced woman and you internalized that vision of what it looks like? Challenge yourself. It's only you and it's all for your best interest and just have fun with it. Yeah. And and so then, so my now as my head is like spinning and I'm thinking kind of, you know, okay, so you have fun with it and you embody, you know, the stereotypical version of what a divorced woman looks like. And you realize the ridiculousness of it, right? Because I mean, I'll tell you the first thought I had was this does not, this is not what divorced woman looks like, right? When I first got divorced, it was like, this is, I am not the poster child for divorced women. And then I was like, wait, I am the poster child for divorced woman, right? Because it's like, well, why not me, right? And so then it's like, okay, well, now I get to step into this version of like what divorced woman gets to look like, right? Not the stereotypical version, but the one that I get to be. So when people are stepping into this new role play, right? Is this something they do like in their bedroom, like looking at their closet? Is it something that they like go closet shopping to, you know, somewhere or shop on Amazon and have it come home? So like, okay, so they, what do they do next? Cause I'm like, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I do a variety of things and there's a reason behind them. But one of the things that I have people do, this is like the, the grand finale of my coaching that I do. I have people take a song and we actually create a routine. And the beginning of the routine is where you are now contemplating divorce, struggling with a divorce, wherever you're at now or post-divorce and not knowing what to do, wherever you're at, newly betrayed. And then you choose, where do you want to be at the end? And then what are the steps to get there? Because here's your song. You know, maybe your song is the I will survive song. Literally, that just came in my head. (laughs) I was like, I will survive some Gloria Gaynor's going on in the background. I love it. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) And, And I literally will have people go to a thrift store and to buy the most ridiculous version, you know, of of a costume of an outfit that they would wear now and an outfit that they want to be wearing when. When they have achieved this, what will they be wearing? And then I have them bling it up and fancy it up and make it a little bit more stereotypical to keep the play aspect of it. And then to physically move through that routine. You're physically taking off items of clothing. You're physically putting something else on. You're physically going through that place where you're completely exposed and vulnerable. And 
You've got however long that song is, you know, three minutes and 32 seconds or whatever it is to do it. And it helps you embody the steps. It helps you to see that there are steps that you don't just go, oh, jump and you get there. That there's painfully awkward moments along the way where you do feel exposed and keep going because here's the ending. And the reason behind that, is it fun? Yes. Is it just so enjoyable? Yes. But the reason behind it is I'm a hypnotherapist. So I deal with the subconscious portion of the mind and the subconscious portion of the mind likes things that are known. And that's why abused women will often go back to their abuser. It's comfortable. It's a known quantity. They know how to survive. Well, when we've danced and we've played something, it becomes a known. So even though you're not really this kind of a corporate exec yet, even though you're not really this kind of a business owner or mom or, you know, in a new relationship, your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy. And when you're dancing it and stripping it and putting it on, pretty soon your mind is like, I know this. And then it's comfortable and it's way more accessible to actually get there. Yeah. Well, and what I'm hearing you say that I that I love so much and how you do it so differently, which is just refreshing, is really encouraging women to get out of their freaking minds, right? Get out of their heads and really just step into and embody, right? Like go inward, not up here, but just, you know, soul, right? Connect with your soul in a fun and exciting way where it allows you to just be carefree. Like to me, I'm like, oh, it's like you you help women to kind of get the effects of that high, right? But from adrenaline and excitement instead of, you know, some other way of needing some, you know, enhancement of some kind. But it's really about, you know, really people diving more into their soul and their body and getting out of their minds, right? Oh my gosh, so much because how many times have we all, you know, laid in bed at night and created all of these grand plans and then we get up the next morning and we're like, uh, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's really about, you know, and you guys, you know, what I always say is that how has being this version of you served you up until this point and what do you have to lose? Just, you know, switching it up a little bit, like let go of what you think others are seeing, let go of the judgment that you think other people see you being. I mean, I can tell you like, it didn't serve me. I mean, sure. It served me until it didn't anymore. And why not change it up? Right. What, you know, what's the harm? Nothing, nothing's the harm, right? Just get out of your own way and, and, and just start trying something different. And strip it down, do it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and as part of that, too, one of the things that I have women do is create their own burlesque name. And that becomes an alter ego that we can. It. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> because how often have you advocated harder on behalf of somebody else than you have for yourself? Yeah. So when you can create this alter ego, this power alter ego, and suddenly she, can negotiate on behalf of you. You don't feel like you're overreaching or, you know, being too aggressive or being a witch or being unfair. Mm -hmm. She's doing it on your behalf and it just helps. It's just, it's a mindset shift and it helps. And why not let it help? 
So I have to ask, Laura, what is your burlesque name? My burlesque name is Socrates because Socrates is my favorite philosopher. I do yoga and energy work for the chakras, and I just have a naturally flirty personality and I love to tease. So Socrates. Socrates. Oh my God. I love that. And the tease part with the burlesque, it's like, okay, so how do... How do I create my burlesque name, Laura? I want a burlesque name. Absolutely. <laughs> because your burlesque persona can do all the things that you're too afraid to do. Yes, she can. I can't wait to find her. Good. <laughs> I can't wait either. I know well, because, you know, what would you say? I mean, I, this gets me excited and I know our listeners are, you know, it's like everyone's intrigued at this point, right? Because this is such a new and fun way for people to really step into the joy and confidence. And I have to tell you, I don't know anyone who doesn't like to dance. I mean, I have dance parties in my kitchen all the time by myself and just really getting into that place where it's just like, you just let it go and you just feel the music and it doesn't matter what your dance moves are. It doesn't matter, you know, what you look like. Like it's really just you embodying that confidence and joy. So what is a way that somebody can really just start embracing kind of that free flow and just, you know, feeling the rhythm and just really kind of get in into the, uh, you know, just let go. I mean, let's just say it for what it is to just really just let go and, you know, step into that self-worth and confidence. Yeah. What I want to say to everybody is it is a practice just like anything, you know, speaking a foreign language, playing a musical instrument, it takes practice. And we all think like, oh, I should just be able to do it. And if you haven't been doing it, it's hard. So like that, just turn on one song. Pick one song, find a song that you love dancing to in high school, find a song that you danced to a, you know, a dance routine when you were eight, just pick a song, one song and just move a little to it. And if you feel awkward, know that it is just your brain. It's just those neural pathways have not been connected in a long time. Just do that one song, play with that one song for a week. In a week, you're going to feel better. It takes 50 times to achieve mastery. Yeah. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. Just do one song, find another song, find a video online, try to match the moves. There's so many things, but just keep it small. Keep it small. Even a fitness class that is dance-based, try it, but don't put pressure on yourself and don't ever think you failed because you're not in the mood. Sometimes we're just not in the mood and that's okay too. Yeah, 100%. And I know that we started this conversation today around the topic of, you know, uh, burlesque and stripping down, but clearly you also experienced betrayal and betrayal being an interesting theme that's been coming up um, for not just, you know, a lot of my clients, but interestingly, some of my guests that I've been having and some of the content that I've been creating. So I would love to leave our listeners today with some advice around how it was that you came back stronger than ever, right? After 
a major betrayal, which is, you know, again, my listeners know, same thing. My husband was cheating on me. We were married for 15 years also, and we took a different path than you did. So how did you really come back from that? Um, And what can you say to inspire those who, who do have that option, who are potentially looking at reconciliation and, and, and what can you share with them today? A couple of things, and you hit on this earlier. You do your healing work for you. Do not do your healing work thinking, I'm doing this for us. You heal you. Your partner heals your partner. If you come together, you do. That's fine. If you don't, that's fine. But you have to wholeheartedly focus on yourself. And you have to want to use this experience for good. It's really hard to get out of that victimhood. You were victimized, but you were not a victim. And this is truly your opportunity. And what really helped me in my growth is as a busy, you know, wife, mom, business owner, all of that, I never had time for me. I never had time to dive into therapy, time to read and understand myself better, time to do all of these things. And It was one of those situations where I thought, okay, as horrible as it is, suddenly I have nothing else to do except heal me. And if I don't heal me, it's going to come back and bite me. And this is my life. And I get one life. And I don't know how much time I've got. So right now, it's all about me. And it's all about what I want and what I deserve and what's going to make me happy because he took a lot away from me. And from this point forward, nobody is going to take anything away from me. And it's up to me. And I need to do whatever is in my power to do to take care of me. Yeah, I love that. You guys, I hope you heard that amazing advice that Laura just just stated, right? You've got to be whole. You've got to take responsibility and work on you so that you come to the next phase of your life, whether that's, you know, reconciliation or whether that's you going into a new phase of your life by yourself that, you know, you get to figure out who it is that you are. You get, it's fun. Stop looking at it as though it's scary and you're afraid of what you're going to find. You know, I always say a blank canvas to me is it used to terrify me. And now I'm like, bring it on. I love blank canvases because, you know, when, how many times in your life do you get the opportunity to really start over? Um, and it's, it's incredibly empowering, which I know you said, you know, it's really what you are creating for women is really, truly allowing them to step into their power in a new fun and exciting way. So those of you who aren't watching and are actually listening, I just want to point out that Laura has behind her on the chair that she's sitting on this gorgeous teal boa and a leopard Is it a blanket or is it? Okay. But it's a leopard print blanket and it just, you know, there's so many new, like the littlest of ways that you can start adding some fun and excitement back into your personality and into your life in cool, fun ways. I mean, literally that boa and that blanket just like in and of themselves are hugely inspiring to me. And I'm a huge leopard print girl. I love leopard anything. Um, so anyways, Laura, I, sorry, I just got distracted because I wanted people to know like what fun they get to have and how they get to incorporate that into their existence. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It gets to look whatever way feels really great and comfortable to you guys. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for 
for sharing your wisdom with our audience today. And I absolutely love the work that you are doing for women. It is incredibly refreshing to meet somebody who is doing it differently. So how can people find you, get a hold of you, contact you, et cetera? Perfect. They can go to my website and that's L-O-R-A. I spell Laura a bit differently. Laura, L-O-R-A, Cheadle, C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Or this one's easier to remember. If you go to nakedselfworth.com, you can download your social media. And I'd love to meet with you and chat about finding your burlesque name. I want to find my burlesque name, Laura. (laughs) I'm in. So I will be contacting you because I want, I definitely am like, this sounds so fun. Um, Thank you so much. And you guys, I hope you loved our interview today. You guys know that with every single one of my podcast episodes, what my goal is, is to try to support you wherever it is that you are in your healing and recovery process so that you get a nugget of information that can help you navigate your path forward and to introduce you to new and different ways that you get to do so. So thank you guys so much for joining Laura and I today. Laura, thank you again for being my guest, sending you all tons of love, light, and joy as always. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know, or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time. 